Welcome to Inside New Mexico. I'm Derek Underhill, and it is time to find out what is going on with the Republican Party of New Mexico with the chairman of the party, Steve Pierce. How are you, Steve? Well, I'm doing great, Derek. It's uh, just blistering hot here in New Mexico as we record this. On the day we're recording, 111 in Carlsbad, 108 in Hobbs. We're just all sorts of heat waves working. I always tell people I live in New Mexico for the hot, dry weather, and uh, we're proving it up right now. I guess so. Well, we've had some interesting things happen on the Democratic side this week. Tell us about that. This presidential race on the Democrat side, you know, more than normal number of candidates got in, 20-something at one point. They've begun dropping like flies. So basically, in The Hill this week, it uh, writes that uh, it's become a four-horse race. Former Vice President Biden, Senator Warren, Senator Sanders, and Senator Kamala Harris are beginning to distance themselves. Now, Mayor Buttigieg from Indianapolis had probably the best fundraising quarter of any of them, so you can't write him off yet, but the poll numbers are not reflecting where he thinks he should be or others think he should be to be a credible candidate. So right now, it looks like they're beginning to weed through. Now, each one of these candidates is trying to push the party further left. Biden, who is basically a centrist, is being pulled to the left by just the outlandish things that some of the other candidates have done and said. It was not his idea of how the primary ought to go. And he's been taking a lot of flack for his kind of moderate positions through the years, but then he is now having to say stuff that's much further left than he can get elected with. So just an interesting turn of events going on in the Democratic primary for president. Now, Derek, earlier this week, I read a an article in the Washington Examiner that says, uh, hold your horses, the unions might be up for grabs. Their point is there is still smoldering tensions over the whole push from the establishment to get the unions to endorse Clinton in the last race. Many of them actually favored Sanders, but due to political pressure, crack knuckles and whatever else they do on that side, they ended up backing Clinton. And there's there's tension over that. Then you have this Janus versus AFSCME. That was a court decision, which basically ended the uh, compulsory union dues for public employees before. Before they got union dues from everyone. You had to be a member. You had to pay union dues, no matter how they used it and how you might disagree with how they used it. The courts felt like that that was an abridgment of free speech, that the union members themselves should be able to decide if their dues should go to one candidate or the other. And so that has huge repercussions. Basically, what it's doing is it's sort of giving a hand check to the unions, keeping them from going too far afield from where their members are. So anytime you have greater power deeper in an organization, it's always going to result in more transparency. It's going to result in and more accurate outcomes that comply with the tension and the with the desires of the members of any group, whether it be unions or not. So huge things happening in the Democratic side right now as they're running for president and as that big union vote is being considered. Now, we announced last week that Trump had made tremendous 
progress on the black vote. He has uh, gone from 8% last time, and now he's polling at 28% among black voters. Among Hispanic voters, he has gone from 28% to 48%, so almost double what he had been. And then millennials, he's making a big push among millennials. They're beginning to see his independent spirit that uh, is always talking about the good things to come. They're buying into the idea that their jobs are better, their pay is better. So Trump with movement and all of those groups is absolutely going to be competitive in New Mexico. But then the other factors that you're seeing, the, the way left drift of the party nationally is going to influence Democratic voters here to not support their candidate. I believe that New Mexico is definitely in play for the president, and we've been selling that idea since January into the national party. Bernie Sanders, I mean, you got to give him credit in a way. He always says what he wants to do, even as radical as it may be. He's come out with his version of the Green New Deal, which it looks like would devastate uh, New Mexico. Tell us about it. Well, he has said that uh, he would put fossil fuel executives in jail by pursuing criminal charges against those oil executives. He said that they should be criminally prosecuted for the destruction they have knowingly caused. That was a tweet that he put out. And they're just uh, the latest in, in a long line of progressive attacks on big corporations for their role in climate change. Basically, it doesn't matter what the corporations would do. They would get these uh, people talking about they need to be going to jail, that all profits are bad. Now, this free market system that we have in this country has fed more people around the world. It has caused more prosperity than ever in human history. And only radicals would suggest that it needs to be all changed and let the government take over. That's exactly what we don't need. And it's exactly what Sanders is suggesting. On MSNBC last week, he admitted outright to Chris Hayes that the federal government takeover of the energy production would be required by his plan. So this nationalization of the energy production, take a look at Venezuela if you want to know what that would do. Venezuela was one of the most prosperous countries in South America. They always had a nice, stable relationship with the world. They were one of the leaders in oil and gas production here in this Western Hemisphere. And now then their industry is broke. The country is broke. People don't have food. They're evacuating from that country in order to find a way to feed their families. And that's what Sanders is calling for. We need to keep up as we go through this election cycle. We need to be keeping up with exactly what the left is saying. He's also saying he would switch to all renewables, 100% renewables by 2030. That's 11 years down the road. He said that he'll ban fracking, ban drilling offshore, ban drilling on federal lands, ban imports and exports of fossil fuels cancel oil pipelines that are already being built and halt permitting of new fossil fuel extraction. Now, that's a very radical suggestion. We don't have enough gasoline right now to go around. And so it would not only affect the lifestyles, it would put thousands and hundreds of thousands of people out of work. Uh, very scary ideas. How do you put an oil executive in jail? Well, <laughs> yeah, they, they would simply bring criminal charges by the DOJ saying that they had contaminated the environment 
government that uh, they would find some way to charge them. And just the threat that they would do that is going to cause a lot of oil companies to simply shut down production in this country. That's the reason Venezuela still has a lot of oil. They just don't have anybody who will take the risk of going down there to produce it. So what does that mean for New Mexico? It means that New Mexico's budget would be absolutely gutted. Oil and gas provides about 40 to 45 percent of teacher pay. Every teacher would be looking at a 40 to 45 percent pay cut and then taxes would go up on everyone else. It would be devastating for New Mexico if his plan actually started taking place. Not to mention that if he's successful in putting executives in jail, that many of our neighbors here Many of the people who we've known for our entire lives that invested their lives trying to provide energy for our growing nation, they would be in jail. I will just tell you that people are becoming frightened with what the left is saying right now. You are listening to Inside New Mexico with former Congressman Steve Pierce, now chairman of our Republican Party of New Mexico. We will be back with more in just a moment. Attention, New Mexico veterans. If you were honorably discharged from the U.S. Armed Forces, you've earned state and federal benefits, and the New Mexico Department of Veterans Services is standing by to assist you. State benefits include a veteran's property tax exemption, education and training, and transportation services. We can also assist with claims for federal VA benefits. The state of New Mexico and this radio station thank you for your service. More information at nmveterans.org or 1-866-433-8387. Welcome back to Inside New Mexico with Steve Pierce, chairman of our Republican Party of New Mexico. And New Mexico has a huge drug problem. Why? Why is in everybody's playbook. All I know is that crime is out of control in New Mexico. The governor seems to be unable to do anything about that. The drug problem is uh, apparently becoming worse. China is using our own government agencies against us to send more fentanyl in. They are by far the biggest trader in that illicit drug. And so that's an overview. But to take a deeper dive into it, Derek, this past weekend, talking about crime on Sunday morning, about 2 a.m., the shooting broke out at a party here in Hobbs. Many of the kids that were involved were students at the College of the Southwest. Three were killed there at the scene. Four more taken uh, to the hospital. One got out pretty quick, but three in very serious condition. And really, I don't think that the police have yet apprehended the shooter. I'm not sure that anyone knows. Like I said, it was party related. On one on sad note, a friend of mine who's working with me right now, 23-year-old Hispanic guy, was good friends with one of the young ladies, and he said she never, never went to party that she never got out. She was just a quiet, stay-at-home girl. I think she was 21 years old and evidently just happened to go to this one party and all the time he's known her. And then it ends up so tragically. She's one of the ones that was killed. But then other news coming out from Rio Riva County was that a mother there had a newborn baby and she was injecting it with heroin. She didn't want it to have the withdrawal symptoms. And of course, the injections directly into the newborn killed that baby. She then put it in a plastic bag and then put it in a bin bag. And when you begin to look at the cost of drugs throughout our system, I know a lot of people feel like that we're on the way to getting recreational marijuana 
But when you look at the lives that are destroyed through the drug use, when you look at the harm to our economy, when you look at the harm in human costs, it just is, is something that causes you to begin to back up in horror. Word has also come out from the Trump administration that the drug traffickers in China are using our U.S. Postal Service to send in fentanyl, which is 50 times more potent than heroin. And they're simply telling the buyers, hey, let us ship it to you by regular mail. And they say that FedEx and UPS, they're much more likely to find it than the U.S. Postal Service. Again, we go back to the last segment where Sanders is talking about nationalizing the oil industry. We have nationalized the mail industry, and it's now then... We see the result of that because the largest share by far of fentanyl coming in from China is coming through the U.S. mail. So very few are electronically tracked. It's beyond comprehension that this postal system has let that go on as long as it has. And Trump is saying that we're going to hold the postal system accountable, we're going to fix it, and we're going to start uh, holding China accountable. The Trump administration already identified three Chinese nationals who are accused of trafficking fentanyl into the U.S., and uh, so they've sanctioned those three individuals. And the president is publicly calling out President Xi. In December of 18, Trump met with the president of China and says, oh, he's a wonderful humanitarian. We've agreed to designate fentanyl as controlled substances, both countries. And that means that the people selling fentanyl to the U.S. will be subject to China's maximum penalty under the law. And that was last December. Then on August the 1st, Trump begins to kind of clarify more and saying, my friend, the President Xi said he would stop the sale of fentanyl to the U.S., but it has never really happened and many Americans continue to die. So the president is ratcheting up the discussion and holding China accountable in public on his tweets that come out. So again, this president far different than uh, presidents of the past who tiptoed around China and didn't want anything that would upset them or alarm them. This president is calling it the way he sees it. I think that's one reason that people really love him. And yet in the past, the Democrats have said we're not doing enough to stand up to China. Here's President Obama. Just this morning, my administration took a new action to hold China accountable for unfair trade practices that harm American automakers. So as long as we're competing on a fair playing field instead of an unfair playing field, we'll do just fine. So it looks like President Trump is doing what President Obama was doing, just on a larger scale. But yet when President Trump does it, the Democrats say he's a bad guy. Well, I think that everybody's reading through that right now. They're always going to complain. They're always going to say that Trump needs to be impeached. They're just trying to take the public's eye off the dramatically good things that are happening with wages increasing, unemployment decreasing. Our minority populations have the best employment percentages ever. So that's what the Democrats are afraid of and the reason that they point to things and say things that are just not true. So I'm curious about this trade war. We hear all these terrible things that it's going to cost us all this money. And I'll tell you, Steve, if this was World War II, we'd lose the war. Imagine, remember the sacrifices our parents made, rationing and, and no gasoline, and, and you couldn't buy a new car. We're asking uh, for an even playing field, and we get people here complaining, oh, it's going to cost me money. Oh, I'm going to have to pay more for my cell phone. What happened 
to our patriots in this country that would stand up with the president to win this and, and imagine what will happen if he is successful. If he's successful, that changes the entire economic dynamic of the world. The Chinese have been stealing our jobs. They've been stealing our trade secrets. They've been stealing our intellectual capital. That is uh, when people make an invention and, and get the patents, they've been willing to steal those. They have the companies that do go over there, try to relocate to control costs. They demand that they give them the source codes for any software they have, but then they also demand that they give them all the inside technology. And when they get all that, they tell the host company, the, the mother company here in the U.S., that we don't need you anymore. And so they have very, very high level of knockoffs of almost every product. I remember being in China, and I think it was the Montblanc pens, I think they come from somewhere in South America. They they sell for $100 or $150 there. You could buy them perfectly machined, exact replicas. You get them for $2.50 on the streets. Then you've got many of the high-level jackets for campers. Those might cost 200 bucks here in an outdoor store. There you get them for $6 on the streets, the exact copies. So the Chinese have been taking advantage of us, stealing our production for years. And Trump is now all out escalating the war with them. He knows that the thing that is on our side is that China can't live without our buyers. We can live without them selling to us. There are countries all over the world who would love to export to the U.S. So the consumer needs to look at the long-term view rather than I'm going to pay more for my motorcycle today. Someone exactly. did a calculation and realized that a, a $20,000 motorcycle might go up by $15 to $30 uh, with, given all the trade wars that are going on. But this president is saying that we're going to return manufacturing to the U.S., that we're going to protect the American worker, and that we're going to see that wages continue to skyrocket for American workers instead of allowing these foreign nations to steal all of our, our major manufacturing. So that's what's happening in the trade front. Again, fascinating watching this president work through the array of trouble that faces us. No other president has been willing to engage at nearly this level. You are listening to Inside New Mexico with Steve Pierce, chairman of our Republican Party. There's more to come. Stay tuned. National Guard and Reserve members are true leaders, both in the military and in the workplace. They are highly skilled and get the job done every day. Employer support of the Guard and Reserve, ESGR, can help you recruit top-notch service members to your workforce. Hiring Guard and Reserve members is good for your business and good for your community. Visit esgr.mil slash employers to learn more. Welcome back to Inside New Mexico with Steve Pierce. The president wants to win New Mexico this time. What do you think? going to happen? Well, I began to pitch the administration early in this year. Got elected as chairman of the party in December. I still had to go up and wrap up the congressional duties, so didn't really get to do a lot until January. When we got home, I did a quick assessment, began to inform the Trump administration that I believe that they could win New Mexico. I also believe that it's going to be such a close race that New Mexico 
Mexico could be the deciding five votes for who will be the next president of the U.S. And so we are all in working for the president and making sure that he is reelected because I believe that this president can drain the swamp to levels never even imagined by either side. So I see it being very productive. Now, on the other side, it's been 16 years since a Republican presidential candidate has won to Mexico. You remember back in 2004 that President Bush then, I think, won by a few hundred votes in his re-election effort. And then on the other side, you have to look at the results of the last election. Republicans were shellacked up and down the ballot. Almost every statewide race was lost. So you can understand why people sort of raise their eyebrows when I tell them that I believe that the president could win here. And my viewpoint is that uh, Gary Johnson got 9% of the vote. Trump was 8% behind Clinton. So give Clinton a couple of percentage points of the Gary Johnson vote because she did lose some votes over it, but then give the majority 7%, say, give that to Trump. And so now you you start with an eight-point race. Uh, you add two to Clinton and subtract away seven. So you're down to two or three points now. That's what has got the president engaged and got his team engaged in New Mexico. So they are dedicating resources to it. I'm told that we're going to be getting money in the state from the presidential campaign and from the RNC both. We'll be raising our own money. They're committing resources, not only in money, but they're committing the resources of sending people in here. So last week, I was able to meet with the Secretary of Interior. He's the one who is responsible for the permitting times on federal leases when uh, companies want to drill. That has dropped from about 255 days under President Obama down to I think he said 44 days now. That's when businesses can work. But he also understands the importance of predictability. You know, companies can live with this rule or that rule. They may like it, they may not. But at least they can predict what they can do as far as revenues and profits. And when regulations begin to change pretty dramatically, then is when you have uncertainty. And uncertainty is never positive for investments, not in a state, not in a business, uh, not anywhere. So we're fully committed to the idea that the president can and will win the Mexico, but then we've got to do the hard work to make it happen. I think we're equal to the task and already very busy visiting with, with different groups around New Mexico and preparing for a visit by Donald Jr. coming into the state the middle of September, going to do a fundraiser for the party. So it should be a great event, but uh, we'll keep our listeners posted. But uh, take a look, watch our webpage and figure out when Donald Jr. is going to be here. We'll have an exciting day. Brad Parscale is coming from from the campaign. So just hang on because I think New Mexico is going to be an exciting place to be for the next 16 months. Yes. And uh, I think too, the uh, 2016 election, you had 90% of the stories by the mainstream media were negative against Trump and positive toward Hillary. Now that bias probably won't change, but now people have actually seen what Trump has done in the last three and a half years or so. And I think you'll see now where, as you said, you have everybody doing well. You have uh, blacks, you have Hispanics, you have whites, you have natives. And so now that scare tactic may not actually work so well because all groups of people have experienced prosperity throughout America with Trump's policies. Yes, I believe that he'll be successful in New Mexico in 2020. 
I see where State Senator Richard Martinez says he will not resign and will run for re-election, even though he got into some legal trouble. Tell us about it. Well, we covered it on the program several months ago. It went viral, uh, his video of trying to speak and trying to articulate. He refused to take the breathalyzer. So the Albuquerque Journal has a fascinating article late last week saying that the calls for him to resign after that arrest for drunken driving, and he just flat stated, I have no intention to resign and I'm running for re-election too. He was on crutches still from that accident that he was in that caused attention to his DWI state. So we will see where it goes. The governor has not gone so far as to ask him to resign, which I did as chairman of the Republican Party. I asked that uh, he step aside and give someone else a chance to serve because this is not the view that people should have over public servants. But uh, Governor Michelle Luan Grisham was unwilling to go as far as we did, but still said that no one is above the law, that elected officials should be held to a higher standard. Martinez, a retired magistrate judge, has represented that northern area of uh, Espanol and Los Alamos since 2001. He's the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. That's a very powerful post. It gives him influence over criminal justice uh, legislation, a lot of other things that lawyers face. And so he's in that powerful position, I think, is the last person with this DWI now hanging over. But I tell you, we've already reported in a previous article that the justice system here is working the way you would expect. If you're a Republican, then you do anything like this, you can expect the law to be hung around your neck. But when you're a Democrat, then the charges have been dropped in this case. Whether or not they reinstate them in a different venue, that's to be seen. But all in all, I think that the senator should step down, allow someone else to run for that seat. Planned Parenthood has defunded itself. This is interesting because abortion is legal in the country under Roe versus Wade, but it doesn't mean that I or you as taxpayers should have to pay for it. Yeah, and that's basically what's happening, Derek, that uh, they just voluntarily withdrew as a Title X recipient by withdrawing in the Title X family planning program, then uh, they're going to forego millions and, and tens of millions of dollars coming into them. Pro-life groups, of course, are hailing Planned Parenthood's uh, other uh, decision to withdraw from Title X, and they're saying it's just a great day for health in America. That was Catherine Foster, president and CEO of Americans United for Life. But uh, again, that whole element was caused by the U.S. Court of Appeals decision, the Ninth Circuit, rejecting efforts to stop the Trump administration from banning abortion referrals at federally funded health clinics. So you see these courts that are put in place by Trump cause ripples out as far as the political scene exists. And so one more major victory for conservatives who would like to stop all abortions. And President Trump said this in the 2016 election, if I win, I get to pick judges. So he's true to his word. Absolutely uh, true to his word. Well, Derek, it's been a great program today. I always appreciate your work recording and producing these programs. To our listeners, you can find Inside New Mexico on the web at newmexico.gop. On our social media, take a look at us, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, just at New Mexico GOP, spell out New Mexico all the way. We've got 
podcast in various apps on your mobile devices. We've got uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Government Relations. Just go to any one of these apps on your phone and search for Inside New Mexico with Steve Pearson. Subscribe. You'll be notified when a, a new episode is available. You can just call our headquarters, 505-298-3662, but get involved with the Republican Party of New Mexico. Fight for the jobs and energy of the future, but also fight for the unborn Join us in these life and death struggles that go on right now in New Mexico and nationwide. Thank you, Steve Pierce, chairman of our Republican Party. I'm Derek Underhill. This is Inside New Mexico. We'll see you here next week.